Photo Mission Exposure, a podcast for photographers. Well, Megan, thank you for coming in and having a chat on Photo Mission Exposure. Um, I want to learn a little bit about your photography journey and where you're at. So when did you first introduced to the photography what was the age do you think you were first interested in it mm. well thank you for having me Stephen uh photography that's um I've always been a creative um ever since I was little I was always drawing painting um in grade six on our school camp I sewed my outfit for the bus the night before um so I was always dabbling in a lot of creative things but photography um it would be when I was 12, um, we were doing orientation for our high schools and I walked into what was to be my high school and um, I walked into the photography room um, that we were quite fortunate um, to have a, des- a designated room and um, yeah, it was just, <laughs> um, I've walked in and it's just all this black and white photos just printed on the wall and it was incredible. And I still remember my favourite image. You walked in the room on, on the right, in the middle, it was this glass, martini glass with um, snails crawling all over it. And from that point, I was like, this is my school. My parents were like, oh, don't you want to? No, no, this is my school. Um, so that was when I was like, yep. Yep. So for those images had quite a, an effect. Like they obviously really, they really touched a chord with you. Yeah, yeah, they did. Yeah, yeah instantly. Yeah, because a lot of people that they do, they, they say photography finds them, and when it finds them, it bites them quite hard. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, it definitely did, because from that point on, I was like, no, this is my school. I wasn't wanting to hear anything else. And, um, yeah, so I stro- uh, did, oh, when was it, um, 14, I was able to do my first photography class. We started with little pinhole cameras and the Milo tins. Yeah. Um, that was fun. And then we slowly, um, I learned all on film on Nikon, um, developing the dark room, um, smelling a fixer, trying yep. not to get the fixer on, our, on the white top because it, it's, it's, it's stains. Really, it's really funny. <laughs> we've, we've had this, um, the podcast we've been doing for a while now, and we've had quite a few people on, and the refer- there's a lot of references to the smell of fixer, and I can tell oh. you. <laughs> <laughs> if you've been in the dark room, it's, it's look, for, for, for the people who haven't been in the dark room, some of the chemicals really have a very distinctive smell to them. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> you don't forget it. You're not meant to smell them either. Just, but, you know, as kids, it's kind of like a, yeah, you don't, don't smell them. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you started doing that at school. So that gave you a, an introduction to, you know, you know, photography and different techniques and that type of stuff. Yeah. So after you left high school, what did you pick up a camera and just shoot for yourself or what did you do? Um, no, being from, um, I'm from Shepparton originally and I kind of, um, photography wasn't seen as a safe career. It's yep. creative, it's a bit unpredictable. Um, so I ended up going in the direction of um, doing something in healthcare and yep. I did a Bachelor of Nursing. Um, but I think it was... I kind of always knew that photography, it was more photography is where my heart was. Yeah. And um, in my grad year, I was like, yeah, no. Nah, like, I am still a nurse, qualified nurse today, but um, I had to go back and do photography. So I tell just, us about that. So, you, so you've so you gone through and you've done one degree in nursing. Mm-hmm. 
So then you backed <laughs> up again and <laughs> Yeah, I did. <laughs> was that hard to do that? Um well, you knew what you, you probably pretty much because you've been through the first process, so you kind of knew. I kind of knew what to expect. It was a little bit different the second time around. I yep. kind of thought, oh yeah, I've got this. You know, it's <laughs> it's gonna um, or you know what to expect. But because I was going from more of a science base to an arts base, in um, I did my nursing in in Melbourne, and then um, I did um, uh, photography here in um, Brisbane. Yeah, I was going to ask you whereabouts. Where did you, where did you do? Was that at Griffith? Yeah, yeah, QCA. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how did you find that overall experience? Did you enjoy it? Was good. It? Yeah, it was really good. Yeah. Yeah, I did enjoy it. Yeah. And so you, you've done that. So you've got that under your belt where you've got the, you know, you've done the Bachelor of Photography. Mm-hmm. What happened after you kind of finished your studies with photography? Where did your photography, what was the pathway that your photography went? Was it kind of, um, did you start working straight away or has it been a part-time pursuit? It's been sort of more of a part-time, um, I so I freelance, so um, I do have um, some regular clients that I do work for um, over the year, and um, but I haven't sort of, I've been scared to make that jump because um, knowing with, with nursing you have that regular income, so you know that that's always there, so that security blanket was, yes. was a bit hard to sort yeah. of... <laughs> Um, so it is part time. I do um, I do mainly um, sort of fashion and beauty. Yep. Uh, that's where my passion is, and um, I do love I love movement. I love um, fabrics um, and and color and. Um, do you think you were drawn to um, fashion? You, you mentioned you know that you made yourself a. Oh, yes. so, <laughs> so, so you've had this connection. Obviously, a lot of people like photographers are one of those creative pursuits, mm. and a lot of people who um, do photography also do. They draw, they paint, they sew, they do. Quite often, they do other things as well mm. because kind of once you're a creative, you you look for different outlets and there's different mediums that you can work with. Oh yes, definitely. Do you think that was you were predisposed to the the fashion industry? Probably, probably. Um, my mum's a sewer, and so I grew up with that um yep. she like she made her own um wedding dress and um I was forever oh my god a sewing room it's like <laughs> you go in there but you go in there um knowing well that there's a good chance she drops pins yes, and they yeah. hide in the carpet, carpet yes. and so you go in at your own risk if you've got bare feet because yeah. there's a chance you'll get a pin but um <laughs> yeah I grew up with that so um for me it was never I know it was just something you did, like a hobby. I don't know. Um, so I, I um, and mum also, um, she dressed a lot of, um, was backstage at a few runways and stuff okay. like that. So I was kind of, I grew up with it. Yeah. yeah. Cool. That's Because quite often people, sometimes it's, it's, it's very clear to work out where people got their influences from. Mm. And sometimes people's influences, you know, they've had no influence in a particular area, but they've really embraced that, um, you know, and become a part of their career. So it's interesting that you can actually kind of connect the dots to where you are today, really. <laughs> so what is what is it that draws you to photography? What is it the thing that makes you want to pick the camera up? Oh, um, I love beautiful light. I think lights, you can create sort of any story. You can um, have one object, but if you light it a certain way, it can you can say multiple things about it. Um, you can create stories with photography. I love that you can sort of, 
I create, um, if say an editorial, you create this, um, this say this woman and she like, who is she? What does she do? Where's she going? Like, um, that sort of story that draws you in. That element um, of mystery. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I love emotion and how you can, um, if you're able, if the viewer, if you create emotion in your viewer, so if your viewer looks at the image and it, it makes them feel something, I feel like you've really achieved what you set out to do. And look, that's one of the challenges for a photographer is to, to get that emotion from the viewer because you create the image and um, basically um, you want it to be appreciated, but you also, you know, you want people to connect with it. So that what you're saying is about that connection. Hmm. And some photos you really, some people really connect and it might be because the subject matter is something very close to them, um, not a person that's close to them, or sometimes it could be you know, something that's happened to somebody and they see that in that photo. So. Hmm. And you talked about light, and it's interesting because photographers, um, some photographers are really passionate about light, and you know, and sometimes say, oh, look at the beautiful light, you know. <laughs> and it's just true that there's certain lights that really are um, create a certain feeling in the image. Mm. And you see people replicate a lot of stuff at the moment, um, like you see some wedding photography, and they shoot it quite high key. Yeah. So very that very washed out, bright, but it's I, I think it's kind of. That conveys to me when I see a high key image, I always think of it as kind of a happy image, if yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, it does. And then you see some of those dark, moody, gritty street type photography images where there's lots of dark, very dark shadows and it's a little bit sinister, or you know. Yeah. And that's just done with light. And if, yeah. you, if you lit that same scene differently, it would have a totally different thing. I think that's people who are just getting into photography, that's one of the things they need, they, they learn. They learn about how the light can change a scene completely. Mm, yeah. it does. Lead, and you can lead people with light too within the, within the image. You can take them to a particular part of the image that you want. Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Lead, um, get their eye just drawn to the, yeah, I want you to look at this. Yeah, I want to take you here. And, mm. and then once you get them there, sometimes then you can just build it. They start seeing things in the shadows and they start, you know, trying to piece together what's the story here, what's going on. Definitely. And to hold their attention, that's kind of... Because it's kind what of like I, I think back to when you mentioned earlier that you walked into that into that classroom when you were you know looking at high schools and you saw that martini glass with the snails. <laughs> yes. What what did you what did it convey to you? What did you think when you saw that? Did, can you remember or is it? Oh yeah yeah absolutely. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's um text. I love texture as well and yep. just seeing the snails. Um, through the glass, you could see the foot underneath. So yeah. you could see that sort of, it's almost like you could feel them crawling. And then by looking at that, you felt that they were crawling. You could feel like you imagine that they were on your skin and yes, how yeah. that would feel. And um, you could see just the moisture as well on... Um, on just, just on the glass itself or...? No, not on the snails. Oh, okay. Like they don't yeah. have skin they're, they're on, little, their, on their body. They're, yeah. They're glistering. They kind of got this, how would you say it's kind of a... A glistering type. Yeah, it definitely. reflects the light, yeah. 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 And you could just, um, it, it, because you could see all the textures and see them, it was quite playful. Yeah. Um, it, it just sort of, it drew me in because I was like, oh, wow. Um, I kind of feel like I know what they feel like, like as in how they would, if you touch them, I'm very yeah. tactile. So yeah. if you touch them or they're on crawling in your hand, you, I automatically was thinking, oh, yeah, I can feel them sort of on my hand that's how they would sort of feel yep. I was drawn in that way because there's, there's a couple of things that are really great with images and that's textures mm. textures are, are fantastic and that can be material that can be natural 
terrain and all that sort of stuff. You see some amazing text. So, so textures and the other thing is shapes. So, you know, you had the texture and you had the shapes of the snail and the glass as well. So shapes always work together. I mean, mm. um, you'll see a lot of street photographers, they'll look for particular shapes and different things and, and that type of stuff. And yeah, it just kind of draws people in. So with the, um, would you shoot, um, what, what are you currently shooting at the moment? What type of stuff would you shoot if you went out to shoot? At the moment, um, for, for clients? Yeah, for clients, yep, yep. yeah. At the moment, um, I'm doing um, lookbooks and sort of ed- editorial type sort yep. of campaigns. Yep. Um, quite high production on the pictures, like quite, you know. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I did a shoot uh, not too long ago with um, a bridal um, company and we so we shot all her she's just released some beautiful capes so we went out on location and um shot these beautiful capes um which was it was a really fun day yeah it was really good but yeah there was um quite a few and yeah so did you have any doing shooting something like that? was there challenges that you had to overcome oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> my god it was so windy that um, that's what I'm thinking. When you yeah cape, it was insane I'm just capes <laughs> and if you're going out on location yeah yeah um, looking at the at the images, you wouldn't even know, but it was like every fifth image we got was normal. But then in between that, there's some pretty funny behind the scenes because the um, the veils and the capes are just going nuts in the wind, and everyone's just laughing. Um, but you wouldn't know looking at the images. But yeah, there was definitely challenges of the wind, and then you got you know when you've got wind, you've trying to get your reflectors up and sort of your lighting, and then um, different times because it went over the whole day. Um, as the sun moves and, you know, different lighting. Yeah. So just sort of repositioning and working out, okay, well, how are we going to, um, like, moving locations yes, yeah. depending on the light, yeah. I had the photographer I had on last week, she um, talked about she had, she shoots weddings mm. and she had, um, in one year, she had seven, seven very wet weddings to shoot. Oh. So <laughs> difficult, difficult, um, yeah. difficult sometimes. But, I mean, that's one of the things that, you know, as a photographer, you have to deal with the elements. Oh, you do. You yeah. Know, sometimes you've got no choice. You have to make it work and you have to be sometimes a bit creative on how you do these things. <laughs> well, the sound was really wet and the model was sinking. <laughs> but um, so we had to lift up the bottom of the dress at um, certain points. But again, looking at the photos, you wouldn't even know. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's the power of photography that, you know, you can... You can skillfully hide stuff that's going on mm. that you don't want to convey to the viewer. Yeah. Um, and so sometimes people look at this picture, oh, look amazing, it is. And yeah, really, they were standing in this really horrible <laughs> field or something and yeah, trying not to sink down to the yeah. bottom. Yeah. <laughs> so with that, so that's the type of stuff that you shoot um, currently, you know, professionally. Mm-hmm. And um what what type of stuff would you shoot for yourself if you just picked the camera up and decided oh, to go? Oh, okay. Um, hmm, two things. Um, I still do work for my. Um, if I'm inspired by something, I'm like, okay, yeah, I just have to shoot this. Or if there's um a model that I'm really intrigued by, I will get her into the studio. Um, I've got a home studio, and yep. I'll get her in and be like, okay, we need to do a, a test shoot together. Yep. Um, so I will do that in my own time, just because. I oh, know I love it. So, yep. um, if I'm on holidays, um, I'll have my camera as well and just take snaps of yep. locations and stuff like that. Um, with the holiday images, I have, <laughs> um, I'm a bit slow on the post production side of things because yep. it's, um, I don't want to say it feels like work um, when you're doing retouching um, and it's sort of more holiday pics. Yes. Um, so, I have, 
a hard drive just full of images I really need to go through. And... I, 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 totally, <laughs> I totally get where you come from because I shoot quite a lot and sometimes I'll have a lot of images that it'll be 12 months before they actually see the light of day. Yeah, be, yeah. Because I'll be going through and I'll be looking for something and I go, oh, that's right, I did that shoot. Oh, yeah, I must pull those, some of those images out and have a look because you mm. do sometimes feel like that. And I had a photographer on here a few weeks ago and when I asked her, I said, well, Jen, what do you shoot for yourself? And she just went, nothing. And I went, okay. And, and then later on we talked about, we talked about, but it was, it was because when she shooting, you know, holidays and stuff, the part she hates is the editing part. She said it feels like work. Yeah, yeah. So that's one of those, that, that's one of the, the good and bad things about photography that you can do it professionally and you're doing what you love, but also then when you want to do it just for you, it can sometimes, you've got to try and work out how you make it feel different. Yeah, no, I, I totally get um, Jen not picking up the camera because there are, like, when I am away on holidays, I'll only, I won't take the camera the entire time. It's yeah. like, no, I need this time just to enjoy the space, be present. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, so I totally get it. And we, we, <laughs> we've talked about on the show about how sometimes the camera actually, for the photographer, insulates you from what's going on around in the real world because you're focused on this one thing and what's happening in front of the lens and everything else that's going on around you, you're kind of shutting it out. And that's why it is important sometimes to put the camera down and just enjoy. Yeah, no, that is. <laughs> yeah, it does. You don't think that? Like, well, um, when you sort of, when you take photo, like taking photos, especially if you're um, taking photos of people and you're interacting, say you're at the races with your yeah. girlfriends and stuff. But um, by being behind that camera, you're not interacting the same, you're not, you know, with your champagne with your girlfriends because you're behind the camera. So yes. I totally get it that it does sort of um, insulate you from, yeah, from what's going from, on. Well, it's happened so much, and it's good to have that, I suppose, at um, those times, like I said, where you can just enjoy the moment. Mm. And we see now, look, I mean, there's been a lot of talk about social media and the good and the bad of social media. And yeah. So obviously in the in the space that you kind of work in, social media is kind of a big part of... Yeah, definitely. You know, that you kind of... That's where the, a lot of your image would end up, I imagine. Yeah, no, it is. Um, it is a really big part of um, the, the fashion and beauty world. Um, yeah. It definitely is. Um, it's also... I kind of underestimated it in terms of coming out when I um, studied and then sort of came out into the into the real world. Um, I underestimated the power that it had at the start and now it's so important and um, to know, like, it's part of marketing. Like, you have to know it, you have to, yeah. and it's part of business, yeah. which is a completely different ballgame to the creative side. Of... And, this, and this is this is one of the things that um, photographers, particularly starting out, will struggle with the business side of it. Oh, because, definitely, yeah. Because <laughs> the, the business side is so important. It, it's going gonna, it's gonna, to, whether you're successful or not, if you're not, don't get the business side of it correct. You can be as creative as you like, but at the end of the day, you've got to pay your bills. And mm. you've talked about you know, where you're at in your journey because you've, you've got a career at the moment which you know, pays the rent and buys yeah. the food and does all that type of stuff. So it is a kind of one of those things that it's a leap of faith to kind of go, well, can I let go of that? <laughs> yeah. And can I be, can <laughs> I be the destiny of my own master? You know, that's, that's, the, that's one of the challenges. But I think it's one of the things that um, people who get to that point, unless they actually go out and try it, they'll mm. be forever saying to themselves, I wonder if it would have worked. And I used to have this theory, and um, it was about 
successful people that you know, people had to be successful um, at a very young age. Like people who were going to be uber successful entrepreneurs would be doing it when they start their first business at seventeen and yada yada. And and that's why I always used to think about. It. But I see people now who branch out at all different ages mm. and start something completely new and become really successful at it. So I think at any, if you've got the passion to do it, and I can tell by talking to you that you're passionate about the stuff you shoot um, because it, it's, it, it, you connect with it and you want yeah. to connect the viewer and give them that same feeling, I imagine. Yeah, definitely. I want to recreate. Um, I think that's part, partly why I like movement as well because it creates that sort of quiet drama in the image that tries, that's how I try to connect with people as well. Yeah. Um, through that, I like. I like sometimes you'll see um, a model, and they're coming down the catwalk, or they're doing a turn, and the way the dress reacts to the movement. Yeah. And if you can, sometimes you capture that, and that's really makes the image really strong. Oh yeah, definitely. But sometimes, like it takes an eye to actually be looking at all those elements because, um, you know, quite often, like I said, in the scene, there's a lot of other stuff going on, but and obviously trying to focus in on capturing that moment but doing it in a way that the, the viewer sees that it's actually moving i remember taking some i did um i do a lot of street photography mm-hmm. and there was some um dancers down at luna park and they were in the girls had these polka dot black po- polka dot um skirts on mm-hmm. so they're doing like the rock and roll dancing oh, nice, nice. and the spins and and just the the fact that these polka dot dresses and we talked about shapes and mm. and you know even though they're not textures but they kind of look like texture because of the, the white dots on the black fabric but the spin on the and that was just got me in like they, they were my favorite images of, of capturing that because you could see the movement but mm. yeah you could understand exactly what was going on so and that's, that's always like I said a photographer's you know goal is to try and capture those moments definitely yeah. absolutely yeah so with you um what, where do you see your like moving forward from this point, from your nursing and getting more into the photography? What mm. have you worked out? How are you going to tr- transition? Ah, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I'm building my client base up, um, sort of slowly. Um, yeah. Just um, Brisbane's a little bit quieter than Sydney and Melbourne, but I do have um, my regular clients that I have, which I love them. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I am interested in, um, obviously, I like cinemagraphs. They, I think they're beautiful because they've got that slight movement in yes. them. Um, that and they made a bit of a comeback. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think the apps are now make it much easier. Like, but they were they were a thing a long time ago and then they kind of disappeared. Oh, were they? Yeah, yeah. Oh. Yeah, different techniques to create them today because there's apps and things you can yeah, use. Yeah, yeah, it makes it easier. Makes it easier. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I know that. And when they're done, um, like anything, it's it's... When they're done well, they work really good. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. They're really sort of, um, it's kind of like they're quiet, but then that slight movement just draws you right in and it keeps your attention just a little bit longer. And you're like, oh, wait a minute. Oh, hang on. Um, I kind of like that little element of surprise in there. Um, I'm looking at, um, I'd really love to get into um, limited edition art prints. Yes. Um, I look, I've, from um, previous exhibitions I've done, um, some of the public have actually commented referring to some of my work as more like art yes. than just a standard sort of portrait. Yeah. Um, so I would like to sort of go in that direction and include some of that as well into my work. 
So what elements do you add to those those portraits to give them that feel? What is there things that you purposely do? Um, I like if it's on location. Um, location's a little bit different here in studio. I like to go there beforehand and sort of really just um, get a feel for the place. A lay of the land and yeah, see yeah, and see the, what's there. Yeah, yeah definitely. And um, I have a. And I have an imagination, and <laughs> as soon as that kicks off, I'm kind of I start sort of picturing. Um, there's a uh, an image where um, I shot. Uh, it's um, in an editorial series called Enchantment, and it's of this um, this woman in this beautiful red dress, and um, she's actually hugging this um, round hedge. And um, it was actually shot in Roma Street. And so I had to, um, I was planning on doing the shoot, but I hadn't looked at the location. And the only time I could scout was at 5.30 in the morning. Yep. So I was there having a look around. And so I was like, okay, what can we, what will work? Um, but then I sort of turned and I think just the way the light was hitting this hedge, I just all of, all of a sudden imagined like her just sort of hugging this hedge like a pillow. I just, yep. my imagination just went off and I was like, that's the shot. Yep. That is it. So the next day we went back and we recaptured it. And, um, yeah, just I think spending time thinking about not just, um, obviously the subject's really important, but also um, how you're going to shoot what's going on in the background and what's going on in the foreground. So just sort of shooting to um, sort of encompass both those, having some thought in those. Yep. And yeah. it's interesting you say that because some photographers will talk about they create the shot in their head first. Mm. So they'll actually put all the elements together yeah, and then they have to go out in the real world and then make it happen. Yeah. So is that, is that the type of photographer that you do? You've got these, you've got these shots, you're walking around, that they're already in there waiting to come out? Um, sometimes. Um, I do have sort of pre-planned shots, but I also leave a bit of room for magic to happen on the day because yep. you can't replicate everything. And then if you're not open for potential opportunities while you're shooting, then that's a lost opportunity. Yep. Um, so I will have an idea of what I want to capture. And um, if it's for a client, then obviously we've got to get what they want as well. Yep. And then um, sort of yeah, yeah, just um, if you have, you know, spare time at the end, just sort of go, okay, well, what if we try this? This kind of looks cool and um, trying to see how far you can push it. Yep. Yeah. And I think that's where um, photographers, particularly starting out, may um, may struggle. To, to, there is sometimes um, a lot of opportunities will present themselves and you need to be able to react quite quickly. Oh, yeah. So, when, <laughs> so one of your skills as a photographer is, is to be able to read what's happening. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it'll be when people are moving and you're thinking um, – and I just remember this shot I took. I was I was fortunate enough to be in a hot air balloon over yeah. Byron Bay. Oh and wow, lovely! Yeah, beautiful, <laughs> beautiful. And so we went up very very early in the morning, like at four o'clock in the morning. But we're coming we're coming into land into this field, and there's um there's these three big trees, and they're all in a row, mm. and we're in the chase balloon. So there was a balloon already landing, and that I, I'm just watching this playing out in front of me. So this balloon's coming and the shadow's coming across the field. I'm thinking, that's going to fit perfectly. There's two trees here and a tree there. Mm. That's going to fit in the gap perfectly. So I just took the shot and, um, you know, got this balloon casting this shadow and the trees casting the shadow. Oh, beautiful. And it's just one of those things, like I said, but I could actually see the shot just unfolding. Yeah. And sometimes you see that and sometimes 
And it was funny because there was another photographer who's not like mentioned his name. He's quite a famous landscape photographer. And I turned the camera around and said to him, have a look at that. And he said, I missed that. <laughs> <laughs> so it was kind of interesting. So that's one bit of advice I always say to people is, you know, keep keep looking around. Don't, mm. don't kind of just get too tied up in what's happening, you know, because other opportunities, like I said, will present themselves. And, you know, um, it's quite often in street photography called the decisive moment. You know, Definitely. You know, you look for those the look for those things and sometimes they're the, from the shoot they'll be the those random things will be your your most favorite shots yeah they are they really are um especially like the unpredicted ones even um sometimes when i'm shooting like you subconsciously hit the button and yeah. you're like oh okay hang on i wasn't really and then seeing that shot you're like wait a minute you know there was definitely something there yeah um they're quite fun as well. Yeah. And we've talked about it with other photographers that time, sometimes when you get the shot, you've taken a shot and you look at the back of the camera and you're just kind of, you're just mesmerised because you've nailed it. Yeah. And it's kind of, it, 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 you know, how would you describe that feeling when you take something like that? Oh, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's um, my gut. Yeah. talks to me so yeah. like not literally talks to me but um i get a feeling like your intuition and you just all of a sudden you get this like this warmth like oh my god you just drawn to it you're like that's it that's the shot and you yeah. just the excitement that then yeah. follows that yeah and it's um, hard it's hard for non-photographers to actually get this what we're talking about and i've had this discussion with non-photographers and they go what are you talking about and i've got a friend who um she shoots overseas a fair bit and but she says she, she does a happy dance Ah, yes. <laughs> She's got this happy dance. She gets the shot. She said, I do my happy dance. Yeah. Right? And it is. And I totally understand what she's on about. Yeah. yeah. I think I do a bit of happy dance too. <laughs> but usually um, the model knows I've, I've got the shot. I can't contain it. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good thing because one of, one of the things we've talked about quite often this is about you're not just there as a photographer to actually push the button. Oh no, no. You're actually there to set the mood to um, especially when you're shooting with models. Mm -hmm. Um obviously you're you're working to try and get the most out of that situation. Um because you're you're looking at them from they can't see how they look and how they're interacting with the background. Oh no, they can't know. So your enthusiasm can help lift them as well yeah definitely yeah yeah i also show them the back of the camera um at times so that they can see if i'm sort of trying to go oh, how about you know maybe move this way a little bit yep. more and direct them um I'll just to just, help them yeah. understand what then, you're trying to achieve yeah definitely i'll give them sort of just a quick look and they'll be like oh yeah i get it now yep okay yeah. um, that's what i said because unless you're looking at a monitor that you're shooting on the person can't really see what you're capturing no and also the angle you're on like so you're on a very different angle to somebody else so the person who's um, standing to your right will be seeing something slightly different to what you're seeing as well let alone the model um, obviously you know she she's um, she's not on an angle it's of her so yeah, <laughs> yeah she, it is hard sometimes for them to sort of um, see what you're sort of seeing but I, I find just showing them a quick quick little um, look at the back it definitely yeah. helps definitely help and encouragement yeah, like, yeah definitely encourage a model because yeah that's positive really, yeah it's really important like people particularly if they haven't worked with models before mm. um, obviously you know encourage them and say oh that's really great I'm loving it like that's really good 
um, because that obviously helps them, calms them down as well that they're doing they're doing okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so what um, you've done? You had a bit of a challenging shoot with the capes and whatnot and, <laughs> and everything. Yeah. What what's been what's been a shoot that's taken you out of your comfort zone? Have you been on something that's really oh. taken you out of your comfort zone? Um, yes, I tend to push myself. Um, I like to um, I like to experiment as well in terms of testing something like different lighting techniques. Yep. If I'm doing something, I'm usually um, I've got something in my head and I'm like, okay, how do we achieve that? It's not like um, I've shot it before. Yep. Um, and so it's kind of like, okay, it's more of that. I love this. I've got this idea. How do we achieve that? So you are pushing yourself and you're out of your comfort zone because you're like, oh, what if it doesn't work? Like um, usually a test shoot beforehand helps with that. But yep. um, yeah, I do. I do put myself out of my comfort zone. Like it is a bit scary at times because you're like, oh no. But um, when it, you know, when you get the shot, it's worth it. It yep. pays off. Because it's a little bit different to your normal career that you're in nursing where... Oh, very different. Because <laughs> you can't really do things out of your comfort zone. No. <laughs> very no. Dis- <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be a surgeon today. Oh, <laughs> I assist surgeons. No, but you're not going to yeah, pick up the scalpel and stuff. Oh, no, 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 no. I can't. No. <laughs> They'll be like, oh, what are you doing? <laughs> oh, I've got this. <laughs> can't be that hard. No. I think that's the, that's the difference with photography because that to grow as a photographer is very different to other professions mm. that you do have to push yourself outside of what you're normally comfortable with. You do. And that's the only way to grow yeah. as a creative, as a photographer, is to push yourself and see um, which sort of direction you can go. And that's how um, people learn new things and try different techniques and new things get discovered is by people pushing themselves into um, sort of different um, ways of doing things and look different shooting different styles of photography because quite often what can happen is something you might shoot in a particular style of photography and it could be you know something that you haven't tackled before but the techniques that you learn quite often can be adapted to other things so i want to talk about um uh, some different things i know of a fashion photographer that uses a tilt shift lens mm-hmm. and tilt shift normally used for architecture for bending and doing things but he was using it very effectively with models to, oh, wow to to emphasize their legs or you know or change the way they looked so it's kind of sometimes good to experiment yeah definitely you know and that's not something you would normally see in a in a fashion photographer's kit no you don't usually want to distort models legs yeah. um bit- unless you're making them longer yeah, but. and it was it was in the particular um, scene because he didn't he doesn't particularly like using um, post to change things. Yeah, but in this particular scene, he wanted a way to kind of make the model look more in tune with the scene. Oh wow! And I thought it was very clever. Yeah, yeah, that would have been some really interesting images. Yeah, definitely. So I, think, I think that's what I'm saying. In photography, sometimes it's good to break the rules. Yep. And and we've talked about this before on um, this podcast about. You know, who makes these rules up anyway? Because if we all just stick to the same rules, we're all going to be making the same type of photography. Aren't we? Like everything, yeah. image is going to look the same. Like, But if you mix it up and change things, and, you know, who knows? Rules are made to be broken. <laughs> I, I, definitely, I definitely subscribe to that rule, that mm. rules should be broken, particularly in photography. And I'm, I'm thinking, like, particularly with digital stuff now because we've got so much other, after you've shot, there's other things you can do as well as adding some elements. 
Mm. We had a, a photographer that was talking about, and I don't know the name of the Japanese photographer, but she creates um, um, these portraits, but she puts a lot of other elements in there, and, and they're beautiful, very different. She, um, she described them as like, it's like looking at a lolly bowl. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, you know. And very it, busy, like sort of your eyes sort of darting yeah, around going, okay. stuff in there. It's, it's yeah. not just a normal portrait. There's so much information. There's so much information, yeah. but it's actually still pleasing. Yeah, oh, nice. So it's kind of like, yeah, it's funny how like sometimes, you know, sometimes more is more is better. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, more is putting more in there kind of helps the image. And it's just, but it's knowing, it's kind of like knowing where how far to go. Yeah. Before you push the boundaries too far. Yeah. Because yeah. Um, so do you do much post-production on your stuff that you do or you try and... I do. Yeah. I do. Um, I try to get the shot in the frame um, because it's obviously better to get it. Um, you're going to have a better quality image if it's you get it in the frame. Um, but I do sort of tweak it. Um, yeah. I don't... I'm not really sort of into manipulating or anything like that. Um, but I do sort of... Um, in terms of skin, just fill in the sh- um, light in the shadows to get that sort of smooth um, look yep. on the skin. And um, obviously the colours, I have a little obsession with colours, so yep. I'm very particular with colour. Um, yeah, I, I do, um, but I'm not, I kind of find, to me, like, the, um, there is a level of, like, imperfection can be beautiful as well. Yep. So I'm not really big on... Um, if someone has an unusual shaped mouth, I'm not going to, no, it's yep. beautiful the way it is. Yep. Um, it's more, what I do is sort of make that skin have a more of a, a softened look to it and, um, of it, the contrast and, yep. um, the coloring. Um, I heard a photographer talking about who shoots fashion mm. and kind of this technique of subtraction of light. So we're, we're, yes. norm- we're normally adding light, right? Yeah, and he found that if you're shooting a shooting a model and you actually he uses like polystyrene, you know that kind of sheet yeah, yeah. material, paint it. They paint it matte black. Yep, and put that around the model, and what happens is no light, no light. It actually the light is absorbed by it instead yes. of reflected, and the effect it has is it softens the skin tones, just modifies the light. It sounds it sounds incredible, but it's one of those techniques that. Um, People just come across these things sometimes. Oh, wow. Yeah, so you can actually have this technique where it changes the skin and flattens it out and makes it look very nice. Does it soften the shadows? Sh- yeah, it softens that? the yeah. shadows because it's modifying the light. And it's not something you'd think about normally um, no. yeah, to do that. But, I mean, but the shot then is pretty much out of camera because his, his goal was obviously he didn't want to have to go in and adjust those things if he could do it. No, if you can do it in, in camera. In studio, that, yeah, that, that, that's a much better way to do it. And Absolutely. it looks more natural because um, even with a lot of skill, quite often you can tell if an image has been altered Yeah. in some ways. You know, some people look at it and go, oh, yes, it's been processed. And it's kind of at the moment, it's funny, but a lot of new photographers will get asked, oh, what did you process that in? And some people are like, have the image and go well I didn't really do much mm. you know because I, I just I, yeah I lightened it pulled a little bit out of shadows and yeah maybe a little bit of sharpening yeah and that was it mm. so do you use what do you normally do your Lightroom or Photoshop uh, um, or? I use Capture One Capture One yeah, yeah. Cool. and then um, from Capture One I'll um, move it on to Photoshop yeah yeah so what what what's the um, 
the Photoshop process of it? Do you use that for, in a particular way or what is um, it? I do have a process that I go through. Um, so if it's a, say, a beauty shot, I will look at um, any significant blemishes, um, or like if there's a single hair on the face, yes. just sort of taking that off. And then um, using dodge, dodging and burning yes, yeah. <laughs> in a Photoshop sense um, to sort of um, soften those shadows on the face and yep. um, to make that skin look really nice and um, luminous. Um, and then from that point, I will look at colours. You'd be surprised how many colours are in skin, which, you know, of course there is. You can even just looking at skin, you can see even the veins, the blue, yes. the yeah, all the different colours. That's it. Um, but... Um, not different a lot of, people's skin reflect light in yeah, different ways. Yeah, definitely. So just going in and um, just sort of balancing all those out. Um, and then, yeah, probably a little bit of sharpening. If, yep. if there's something like it, something weird on a garment that just needs to be brought in a little bit, yep. I'll tweak that. But I don't um, usually do too much else. Yeah, because there's been obviously in the, in the beauty and fashion industry, there's been a lot of I suppose in the past there was a lot of body manipulation, mm. which is really kind of frowned upon now as, as like you said, you, someone's mouth, you don't want to change it. That's thing. Because no. it changes the per Like it, it doesn't represent them anymore. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. You know? And then why were you photographing them in the first yeah, place? Yeah, that's right. Just yeah. know, photograph a mannequin. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And that's the different thing about people. I think well, people sometimes, you know, everyone has a characteristic that, is, is unique to them mm. and if you can as a photographer find that and bring that out in the photo and then quite often people are surprised I think sometimes when they look at the photo and they go oh really that's me <laughs> <laughs> how do you do that magic of magic of photography yep. yeah <laughs> so with your a lot of your stuff do you ever print any of your work is any of your stuff printed or I mean you've got stuff in magazines so obviously that's printed but yeah do you print anything for yourself or um I'm in the process of having a print um, above my bed. Yep. Um, that's was from our honeymoon, and um, so a sunset. My husband's yep. um, in the water swimming around. Yep. <laughs> um, so I'm having that sort of printed above our bed. I don't have a lot of of my work printed. I probably should because yep. there's some. Um, seeing a printed image is there's much more magic in it than just seeing it on a screen. Yeah, I do have a lot of art um, sort of framed at home at the moment because um, I do love art as well. Yes, so we yep. have um, a few paintings and bits and pieces we've and picked what, up. What and, style of paintings are they? Are they um, just usually a lot of color? Yep. Yeah, so yep. things that have drawn me in. Um, yep. I've got these little prints from um, we were in Venice. And we had a few champagnes and then we decided to try and get lost. Like, okay, let's do it. Let's get lost. And we kept running to get lost. But if you look up, you can see where the clock tower is. Yeah, so you so can you relocate can, where you, you are. You can always come back to it, yeah. Yeah, and then we stumbled across um, this little art shop and it had these um, prints of, um, of Venice that were um, of paint, um, a, a painter and they were just just the little colours and the um, intricate detail on them. They were just beautiful. Yeah. Um, so I you know, couldn't leave without them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and so a lot of, yeah, a lot of the stuff at home um, of is, yeah, a lot of colour. Something that I feel like, something that sort of pulls me towards going, that I get lost in when I see it. I'm like, oh, wow, that's that's incredible. And it's like you personally get drawn to it. Yep. And you're like, yeah, you well, feel Those it. things always connect you back to that place. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And, and, and that's why, I mean, people do take, 
photographs from her way as well to, to have that connection mm. to be able to relive it. And, and some people like to obviously print images and have them there as kind of a inspiration, you know, different things that you've done or, um, you know, aspire to take or that type of stuff. So, mm. so where, do you, where do you see your photography going in the next five years? What, what are your hopes and ambitions for your photography career? Oh, um, it's interesting. I've been um, watching the industry is changing at the moment. Yes, so it's quite interesting is. watching it um, and seeing sort of what the direction is going. Um, oh, going, um, I mentioned the art prints previously. Yeah. I um, think that would be a really cool thing to do. Um, I do feel that photography is sort of moving into the more content creation sort of realm of things. Um, video is a big thing. Um, I did a, a course, a master course with um, Nick Knight and he was really promoting video. And it's funny you should say yeah. that because every photographer we've had on here, working um, professional photographer, have all said how much now video is a part of their workload. Mm. And it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, Video is very engaging. Um, and like even a short, you know, clip of video can take people for a range of emotions very quickly. So it's kind of like someone who's getting into photography today really has to think about video as a part of the package that they offer. They do, they do. And they did mention that when I was at QCA. We had a guest speaker come in and obviously I was like, oh, no, 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 no. Didn't listen to them. And now I'm like, no, they were onto something. They were. Yeah, so um, definitely it is a really important um, part of today's world because you're not just a photographer, you are a content creator. So yep. you've got to look at um, different mediums on how you're going to get your message across. And when um, your clients are also, they want, um, in terms of branding, they want you to be able to tell that story. And quite often they want it across more than one sort of type of medium, usually all digital, but um, not just an image. They want a video, they want a cinemagraph, they want to be able to tell that um, their story in multiple ways. So you definitely have to um, have have that in mind and um, keep skilled in sort of different different elements of yeah. that digital world. And we're seeing that um, in the different um, social media platforms out there. Mm. The social media platforms, some of them are now actually aligning themselves to be more video friendly, Yeah. to be able to accept more video and, you know, um, more video content. Mm. And that's, that's kind of, I suppose, it's a barometer of what, people are wanting yeah you know you see when they start adding this and they start adding that yeah well they haven't just done it because they thought it was a cool idea there's actually someone there's a need for it and people want it i think instagram favors video as well at the moment like it will go in the feeds i think in the algorithm yeah. you're definitely right that if a video a video will get much more traction mm. than, than still images very difficult and look you know this is what happens with social media it kind of goes for all these different um stages where We've seen the different platforms all came out and originally they were not monetized. So, you know, they just put kind of, now they've become very um, difficult to navigate. Yeah. And, and people are using them for their business now. I mean, it's quite an expensive thing to actually promote posts. and Oh, definitely. So by having the content that, you know, that will get favored, sometimes that's good to be able to drop in that, like I said, video content to, to better get people to actually engage and see it. Mm. Well, how often now, when if you do go on Instagram, um, the stories pop up first, so you're seeing more stories than the actual um, the feed, and then you can't get out of the story. I think they've made it deliberately difficult to get out, so you see more of it. You're like, no, try and get out of it. <laughs> um, yeah, so it is. 
it is definitely there and it's it's here like video is sort of the next progression yeah so how much do you is instagram one of the platforms that you use for your yeah it is it is um i just so many people are on there like i'm on facebook as well but um i'm not on there as much as i am on instagram i like pictures um pinterest i have way too many boards on there (laughs) a little bit, bit of an addiction there but um yeah no yeah and I think for photographers, um, because it's so visual, I think that's why a lot of photographers do like it. Yep. Because it's just, yeah, it's a very, I think, very I think visual. originally when uh, Instagram first came out, mm. um, a lot of photographers really said, oh, no, no, that's no good. Never going to touch that. That's not yep. good. It's, it's making people that. take pictures of the phone. But it's interesting <laughs> now, I think every major photographer is actually on Instagram. Yep. And it's interesting how it's really changed the landscape because it really was a medium that was really designed to be shot on a phone and posted straight away. Yeah, it was. It you was. Know, that was what the platform was really about. It was about just grabbing those things that happened, quickly be able to put up. And if you remember the, the first Instagram post, people get, it was always food. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> yes. This is what I'm eating today. Here's what I'm eating. Here's <laughs> breakfast. Here's lunch. Here's dinner. Yeah. Yeah. And now it's really changed where you're seeing all types of all types of stuff being showcased on there. Mm. And like you said, with the advances of stories now and like you said, it's... Well, they say that um, the homepage, your Instagram page is the new homepage. Yeah. And they've been saying that for a couple of years now, um, that it's just as as important, if not more important, to have a good feed. Yeah. Because um, I think that's where, I mean, when you're talking to people, usually, especially um, with other creatives, they won't go, oh, do you have a business card? Um, they'll be like, oh, what's your Instagram? Yes. Yeah. And it's interesting because like websites are great to have and, and everyone kind of needs a website just Oh, yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But, but websites aren't the thing where people go surfing looking for websites. And and if you look at how people use social media, um, the death of the newspaper and news outlets is because people get so much information through the mm. social media channels. So in blended in there, there will be there's news, there's you know, world events, all these different things all coming through. Yeah. And then there's pictures popping up and, and that type of stuff. And it's, it's changing the way. And you talked about, um, it's interesting because you've, you've done some magazine stuff. And mm-hmm. that is an area that's really under a lot of pressure. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of magazines, unfortunately, have had to close their doors and, and walk away because it's hard to secure advertising to pay for the magazines. Yeah. Well, the collective um, closed their doors um, not too long ago. They've now reopened and yeah. they're going, no, we want the magazine back. Um, I think they're not doing as many issues. I'm not 100% yeah. sure, so don't quote me on that. But um, I know that there, there's been a number of magazines that are no longer um, sort of printing as much because um, well, people, like previously, you you know, you go buy a magazine, but now you don't have to buy it because you've it's on your phone. Yes. Um, it's online. Well, the best, all the best bits of it get ripped off and put on social media so you can actually just consume the best bits. Mm. which is something in the past where, you know, people would buy, and I, I could probably imagine a few years back, you probably bought a lot of those different magazines. Yeah, for... I did. <laughs> <laughs> to look at the pictures. I never read the articles. I should have. Yeah. But um, I was always very interested in the pictures, and I would just look at the pictures over and over. Yeah. What yeah. was it about the pictures that you liked? Was it the styling you were looking at, or the, what were you, what um... was, what drawn you to look at those pictures? Oh. I'm not 100 percent sure. I just um I just found I just 
you kind of got lost. I like this, again, the colours, the textures yep. the, um, of the clothing, yep. um, the stories that they were sort of telling through that, that, um, through that sort of clothing collection that they've sort of pieced together. Um, I like the sort of um, playful element that they can create as well. Um, in... I suppose through fashion, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So just take me through some of the gear that you might shoot with. So <laughs> <laughs> always interested. Everyone's always in. What's in the camera bag? Ah, uh, yes, yes. <laughs> so so what, what, what's your kind of equipment line up? And... Mm-hmm. Um, I have a Nikon. Yeah. I have a D800. Yeah. Um, I learned on Nikons as a teenager. Yep. Um, I did pick up a Canon, but... Um, it just didn't. It felt foreign. Yep. Um, so well, a lot of people look they what they the platform they start with. Mm. Quite often, a bit like I mean, I used to be a Nokia phone user, right? Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> and then and then and then I I think it might have been the iPhone five was my first Apple phone, mm. and I and I've kind of ditched Nokia and I've stuck with Apple. But it was it was it was a a comfort thing. Yeah. You and know. you want to be comfortable with your equipment. Yeah. You want to. It needs to be like a part of you. Yeah. You um because you don't want to be sort of. You're focused on your subject. You've yeah. got to. You want to be able to pick up your camera, and it's like a just like a you know well fitting glove. Yeah, definitely. So it's just, just an extension of your arm. So you can just pick it up and you can start shooting. You're not really thinking about. Yeah. Stuff and you don't want to worry about it. I think sometimes people worry about what camera to buy. Ah. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. It's interesting because obviously too there's a bit of a bit of a shift because mirrorless is starting to kind of mirrorless cameras. Mm, I have noticed that. Yeah, yeah. starting to poke their head out. So, so you got the um, um, the DSLR camera. Yep. Full and frame. What, and what type of lenses do you normally put on the front of it? Um, I love my eighty five. Okay. Yeah. Um, prime. Yeah, <laughs> I do love my prime. Um, I shoot a lot of my sort of my fashion stories on that. Um, yeah. I do swap it up with. Um, I have a fifty as yeah. well. I don't shoot enough on the fifty. I was thinking about that today because I'm like, I've got my 50, you know, some of the shots I have used with it. I'm like, well, that's actually a really nice lens. Yes, yeah. But I think, um, oh, I don't know, I just, I need to use it more. Definitely. I think for, for people starting out quite often, they buy a kit camera. Yeah, I think because it is and part of... And it comes of, with a kit lens. Yeah. You know, and so they kind of get used to it. And I've used this analogy before, what's happened in everything in life. Everything's been simplified. Mm. You know, most cars now, electric windows, we don't wind the handle anymore. Like, you know... Zoom, we want to go look at something further away, so we just zoom the lens out to get that. We're in the, you know, years gone past, um, a lot of pros just shot with prime lenses. Mm. So if you needed to get closer, you walk closer to you the do. subject. <laughs> or you move back from the subject. It's a huge leg workout, I've got to say. At the end of the day, like, oh, my God, my legs kill. Yeah. In a good way, though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so, um, so those two primes are kind of your... Your, your favorite kind yep. of lenses. um i do have a zoom i yep. use uh 24 to 70 yes so that one is a, quite a favorite and i do use that one quite a lot as well yep. especially when you're not um primes aren't really sort of suitable and, and look sometimes yeah. space locations because the where the shoot's actually happening the amount of available space that you oh definitely you yeah need, you yeah need, you need something wider because you just can't get back far enough yeah and look, fortunately, I mean, we're at a fortunate time where the lenses like that, the, the, the zooms now are much better quality than they were in the past. Mm. So, and I've had photographers on here to say, you know what, you know, um, some of the 70 to, you know, the 24 to 70 type lenses now are so good 
that they would say, you know, I virtually would leave my prime at home. Because, oh, okay. Because I'm so confident that about some of those lenses. Because they're getting yeah, better and better. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's always been, Zooms were always the kind of poor cousin. Yeah, they were. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's no, kind of how, um, I was going to say yes. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> yes. That's how people perceived it. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. So what else do you, do you have much lighting in your kit? What do you have? Um, yes, I do. Um, I'm a pro photo girl. Um, yep. I did learn in Broncolor at QCA um, yep. and they're a beautiful light as well. Um, but I do have, um, I love my pro photo. The light, yep. the quality of light is just gorgeous. I remember when I first shot with it and did a test shoot. Um, oh, it's, it's such a beautiful light. Um, and do, you, so, do you have some modifiers that you use and stuff? Yeah, like? yeah. Um, I change them up depending on what sort of lighting I'm wanting. Yep. I have um, sort of, you know, shoot through umbrella, umbrellas, reflective umbrellas. I have soft boxes. Um, uh, my next on the list is a beauty dish. Normally, yes. if I want it, I'll go hire it. Yeah. Um, but it's definitely on my list of things to get. Yeah. Yeah. And if, when you're out in location, do you use like speed lights or anything like that? Are you using. Um, I do have speed lights and I have used them in the past. I have a beauty dish to fit a speed light. Yeah. Um, I'm not using it as much at the moment. Um, I'm sort of more experimenting with natural light, um, yeah. but I also um, will bring a portable battery if yes. I need a light to yeah. use my um, my pro photo. Yeah. Just because I, I love it. <laughs> yeah, well, I think we're, we're in a blessed time that with portability of, yeah. of lighting now, whereas once you didn't have that luxury. Mm. You now you can take lighting out on on um, shoots and yeah, not have to worry about finding adapters and plugging it in and doing stuff. A lot mm. of stuff battery powered, and there's some amazing LED lights coming out. Yeah, there are. Like wedding photographers, are, you know, they're trying to. They're, they're so light. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and, and they run for such a long time on a charge as well, which is great. Mm, I haven't played with them. I'm really intrigued to. I've have seen a few of them because I mean, there's a lot of ones that people use it to kind of replicate window light. Yeah, so it's kind of Beautiful. interesting. Yeah. Oh, so, lovely. So kind of, I think we're, you know, we're at a point where we've got a lot more opportunities because mm, of technology. So at the moment, you're you're happy with the kit that you've got that's kind of ticking all the boxes, doing everything you need to do or? Um, like I am happy, but there's always room for one more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so if you did, if someone said, yeah. hey, you can go, you can walk, you can walk into, into Camera Pro or DigiDirect or one of those stores and say, you can take any, you can take one item. Or one. Only one? Yeah, no. <laughs> no. What would you pick up? Oh, it's so hard. Sorry. Um <laughs> that's so hard. Um Is it a lighting item or is it well, a lens? Anything you like. or... <laughs> um if it's a lighting item, I'll go beauty dish. Yep. If it's um or an octo octagon yep. um softbox. If it's a lens, I'm really intrigued to see um, the 35 millimeter prime. Yes. Don't have that one, but yeah. it is beautiful. A lot of people love, have fallen in love with the Sigma Art 35 mm Yeah, I've heard amazing things, and yeah. I've seen beautiful images with that. Yeah, so that'd be incredible. Because a lot of people on on, on um, talk about yeah, it's it's kind of 50 mil used to be the old kind of standard um, go to lens, but a lot of people now feel the 35 is a better fit mm. as a kind of what. You can see with your similar eye. to your eye, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I think, yep. like I said, it, it is. Many photographers I talk to all love their thirty-five. 
Mm, it is yeah. a beautiful lens. Yeah, so yeah. I think that would be the. That that, be that's my... what you'd grab and, and I run, think so. And then run real quick. Yeah, I am looking at a new camera bag as well because I want okay. everything to be all organized. And yeah, because that's one of, the, one of the things. Because obviously, when you shoot on location too, you've got to kind of. They have everything there. Plug your gear yeah. and that type of stuff, and and your backups and your backups. Yeah, that's it, <laughs> and, that, and that type of stuff. And I think they're, they're all things that you've learned your own discipline how you're going to do do mm. things. So um, yeah. So whereabouts could people find you? What type of social media things? Where? Obviously, I'm on Instagram, um, Megan Popolier. So it's yep. my name, um, M-E-G-A-N-P-O-P-E-L-I-E-R. Um, so far, I'm the only Megan Popolier out there. I've checked yep. on Facebook Excellent. and everything. That's good. That's yep. good because we had a photographer on here who had to clarify that there's actually another photographer with my same name, but they're in America. So it's, yeah. it's good to have that unique name. No um, one's going to claim it. Yeah, my, my surname's European, so yes. yeah. Um, but it, but my you know Megan is um, I think more of a English kind of. Oh, name. I think it might be yeah 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 yeah. yeah. Um, uh, I've, my website Megan um, Yep. Um, I am on Facebook as well. Um, same name. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think that'll be the sort of the best ways to get a hold of me. Yeah, cool, cool. And you're happy if people want to reach out to you and have. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, send you a message and yeah. that type of stuff and. Yeah. Have a chat. And what what advice would you give somebody who is kind of thinking about maybe changing careers, doing some study? Do you have anything that you've learned from your experience so far? Mm, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it's really important to follow your passion. You've got to do something, you know, that sparks joy. Yep. <laughs> um, I I do feel that. Um, if you if photography is for you and that's that's your thing, um, business is really important to get a get a hold on. Yep. Um, and um, obviously the digital platform where it's sort of going, keeping an eye on and being flexible with the direction of where industries do go. Yep. Um, and we are and photography is in that it's in a very fluid state at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. So don't you know people don't go into this thinking um, this is how I'm going to do it. Mm. My feet are set in concrete. I'm not going to move from this position. You can't do that. Can't do that no, anymore. you've got to be flexible. You've got to go with it. Yeah. Um, and we don't know what's around the corner. We don't no. know what the next big thing is. Like it's a, like it can be a scary time because it's so fluid at the moment, but it also can be a really exciting time as well because you don't know where it's going to go and you don't know um, the next new thing could be around the corner. That's right, and what possibilities it makes. Yeah, definitely. Especially for creatives because creatives, you're always looking – I mean, you know, you want to keep creating, so you want to keep mm. doing things differently. Definitely. So, well, that's great. Thank you very much for coming in, having a chat. It's been it's been lovely to to meet with you and talk to you and and just learn a little bit about your journey so far. Wish you every success in the future, and we we'll look forward to seeing your your work and what you get up to next. Oh, thank you, Stephen. Thank you so much for having me. It's been really lovely to meet you and, and the team. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. Thank you. Thanks, um, Yeah. Yeah, excellent. Thank you, so thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Photo Mission Exposure. If you liked the episode, please leave a comment. Also, you can follow us. Don't forget to tune into another episode soon. Thank you.